Okay, so welcome back to the Queen City Roundup podcast, where we talk about literally no sports because, again, this the world is not fans of us. Literally, we started this at the wrong time. Um, but to that, the NFL says, hold our beer, because they decided to do things, especially going in to the draft on Thursday. Uh, we're recording the week of April the 20th. Uh, the draft is on the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it's the 23rd, right? I just want to make sure because like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to F everything up. The draft is on the 23rd. Okay, so that, that, that's my credible source. So if I, if I screw it up, it's Joey's fault, not mine. Um, that's, called, that's how you divert the blame. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, full disclosure, before we started, like, getting everything together, Joey and I literally, like, DM'd each other, and we were just like, hey, like, I don't know what to talk about. And then Joey's like, oh, cool, man, same, I have literally no idea. And then, of course, the NFL is just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're a thing. And uh, they decided to make sports fun again in the form of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now becoming the Tampa Bay Patriots. The only thing they are missing is Bill Belichick, a more, I don't know which ownership is more wealthy. I'd want to say it's the Kraft family. Um and uh, Julian Edelman. Everything else is going to be the same. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, even though why wouldn't you know what you're talking about, Rob Gronkowski, the Gronk, is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And yeah, that 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 that's it. That that's that's the thing. We we can't do anything better than that. Um, so. I want to get your reaction first, Joey, about this whole debacle because it's very, it's very odd considering the timing. Uh, but was this a deal that you think was like, like the deal was basically just like a, a late round pick swap and a guy who may not play football again? Um. Well, Robin Krelski apparently is going to be playing football again. But even then, like, I don't think it was a move that necessarily had to be made because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers already had tight end by by the name of O.J. Howard, who was, like, really, really good. And now, due to cap restrictions, like, they, they may need to trade that really good and young tight end for one year of Rob Gronkowski who might not even be the Rob Gronkowski we all we all know and love. So, I mean, unless they're in, like, win-now mode, but I don't know. Like, you even have, like, Tom Brady, who's going to be in a new system for the first time in his career. So it's just, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, too sure about it, but it, it definitely did create a buzz. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's funny to me. I think, what it all comes down to is it's marketing by the Bucks because if you look at like their regular season records over the last few years, like they've been under 500, pretty bad. I don't even remember to be completely honest when the last time they made the playoffs was. I have no idea. I, I I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna search that right now. Not with um, 
not not with Jamie's Winston, at least. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. So the last time that the Bucks were in the postseason was, uh, if I can. Okay, so their playoff history, looking at, so they're six and nine. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I I love that. That's their uh, their uh, their playoff record. I love it. Um, so the last time that they made the playoffs, if I'm reading this correctly, was 2007. They made a wild card game and they lost to the Giants. So it's been well over a decade since the Bucks last made the playoffs. So I think this is their last ditch. I don't want to say it's their last ditch effort, but like, dear God, this franchise has been rough. Like, yeah. Oh, and you want to you want to know something that's even funnier? James James Winston is now their all time passing leader, and I guarantee you, in two seasons, Tom Brady might end up breaking that <laughs> if he reverts to like old old school Tom Brady, which I'm still skeptical on. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been calling the end of Tom Brady's career for the last like five years now. It feels like so. So who knows? Well, like, last year, he was very, like, sluggish, you could tell. Yeah, he didn't have the best of years last year. If, like, time has taught us anything, well, I mean, like, okay, first of all, time has taught us that, like, you know, some people don't age well. Unless you are Tom Brady or Yarmir Yager, then you age, like, fine wine. Um, But, like... I don't know. Like it's what it's gonna be one of those things when like people say, "Oh, he's done. He's he's what 42, 43? Like everyone's gonna say, "Oh, he's washed up. He's a has been." Like blah blah blah, whatever. And then he's gonna come in and be the guy. Like the guy's been there for like twenty years, and he's done mm-hmm. the same thing. So like I don't know. And also, what you what, if you want to know just how big of a deal he is? First of all, he's going to be 43 by the start of next season. Second of all, if you go on his uh, his football reference page, he's got like seven or eight nicknames. That's yep. how big of an impact you got. Um, <laughs> but also, like, if you look at his friggin' like accolades, like you could literally write a book about it. Yeah. Well, I books have already been written about him but uh to go back to the actual deal one thing i really like about it as a fan of the washington redskins is that the washington redskins really are in need of a tight end and they were rumored to already be like asking the bucks about oj howard the other tight end on on tampa bay who i really like and now he's probably definitely on the trade block right now and with a cheaper price now so uh let's get a deal done yeah and like i think the thing is is like oj howard's like still uh, he he has he's five years younger and he's also played football more recently than than gronk years ago yeah Yeah, exactly like gronk hasn't played a a professional football but like here's my weird thing with Gronk. First of all, you're bringing him to Florida. And like, as we mentioned last week, uh, 
because we were basically ripping Florida to shreds. Uh, was it last week talking about the the beaches reopening, or was that was that Thursday? I can't remember. I think that was last week. Who knows? We probably did it on Thursday. Yeah. So, but like, oh yeah, we ripped into the what they thought essential businesses were, which we'll get to more on that later. Um, but basically, through this whole entire like crazy time or whatever, and like, you're gonna go and like tell people to stay indoors and then you get Gronk who's like the notorious like party animal from those Super Bowl victories and you're gonna tell me that Rob Gronkowski's gonna have to like be staying in quarantine when like the man like, I guarantee you once uh restrictions are you know lifted and things start to revert back to everyday life I guarantee you there's gonna be a huge party at like some Florida nightclub and Gronk is going to be, the, like, the MC of the night. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, maybe if, if it was more Miami, but, like, I don't really know how exciting it is in Tampa Bay with, like, all the retirement homes and stuff there. But uh, Well, that's more, yeah. Fort La- that's more Fort Lauderdale, but, yeah, you're right. And um, I think what also is weird is, like, the, with Gronk, I don't know if, like, he's just being, like, thrown money but it's like the dude retired from football because he had head injuries. Then he went and signed a deal to be like have a wrestling contract, which has even more physicality on the human body, potentially emphasis on the head. But then again, I think, you know, professionals could probably say like, you know, you don't have to have, you know, if time serves you right, celebrities are always made to look good if they're in a different surrounding. But even still, like you're gonna go do something else for like not even like a full. He literally like signed a deal like a year. Was it like, like, or it was like a month. Not ago. even a year ago. It was like it was like maybe like a month, two months ago. Yeah, it was a month ago, and now he's like, no, nah, I want to go play football again. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man. But I mean, I'm not gonna rob you the chance to play football, but you know. I'm reading here on Twitter that he did see a, a neurologist while he was looking to, to pass his physical, which is good because, you know, you don't want him to, like, if he gets another concussion, like, then what happens, you know? Like, it's – concussions are scary business, even though, like – well, fo- football is basically, like – I don't know the probability of getting a percussion uh, – percussion uh, a concussion <laughs> wouldn't it be like it's gotta be higher than 50 percent, right it's literally like AC, i don't know ACL, i don't know what the numbers are those are i think but the, i think it's, two, it's probably the most dangerous of the big sports to of where you're getting a concussion it's just in the nature of it really if i had to pick like a top three like scariest sports to get concussions it would probably go like mma would be number one Obviously, because you're literally just trading trauma to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, MMA slash boxing. I'm going to put them like 1A, 1B. Then it would go football, and then it would go... I don't know. Would you put football first or hockey first? I'd put football before hockey just because there's... Like in hockey, it's not like... Like you're getting... In football, whether you like it or not, like depending on your position, you're getting hit every single every single down... And like in hockey, it's like not. Yeah, and I think often. like like the hits yeah, may be harder, but it's not like as often. And like, and like, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think like with with hockey, the game's changing to the more skill aspect, but with football, mm-hmm. it's still going to be like you know scrimmages and and whatnot, and like because you, you see the injury reports and football are through the roof. Like some people literally make it like two weeks and then they shred their knee. Like that's how brutal it is. So like I'm not gonna like maybe this is I think what it is is he's probably doing it just because it's Tom Brady. So he's like, okay, or maybe like he, the two want to ride off into the sunset together. Like, I don't know. That's what I think. I think it was Gronkowski and Belichick probably didn't have the best of relationships. And then with the, with with the concussions piling up and like he probably thought to himself it's not worth it for me to play for this guy i don't even like him or whatever but then he saw that tom brady moved and he's like oh i really like to go play with my buddy again oh and look at that he's not on the page he's not he's not under belichick anymore and and just kind of made the decision to have one more crack at it I mean, yeah, I think I think it's more so it's got something to do with Brady just because, like, they, the, the two of them were very close. Like, they basically won, like, every Super Bowl together except for the one in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. I don't remember because, like, Gronk started playing. Like, he's 30 now. I'm trying to think, like, okay, because um, I just want to check. I don't want to delay time. I'm just going to check this quickly, and then we'll probably move on to – to something else. Like, yeah, he won three Super Bowls with, with, with Brady. Like, he won it in... There was the infamous uh, one against the Seahawks. There was the Falcons one. And I think... Who did they beat before the Seahawks? This is how, like, unknowledgeable in football I am. Because I know they won in 2014. And then... I can't remember. I could probably Google it. But... Or whoever listens to this, please tell me because like I, I I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's basically all there is. Like, not to say I'm not happy for Gronk. It's just you know, weird timing, but also good yeah. timing because now it's like, oh okay, cool. I can I can have something on my Twitter feed that's like entertaining, and like having people like uh, give their real time reactions to it. Hmm. And uh, just to to put a nail on the coffin, um, Megan Chica put in a, a picture of the two of them together, uh, and it said, name the duo, wrong answers only. And then Greg Wyshynski put Bro Asis as their uh, <laughs> their name to, to parody uh, the band Oasis, yeah. but then put Bro in front because Gronk. Um, but yeah, that, that was fun. That was definitely the fun aspect of our day, but that, that's all. That's all of our shit. No, okay, we got more. Um, all right, see you guys next week. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> but no, we, we can't afford people the luxury of just that. Like, come on. Um, as far as like other stuff that has happened, uh, do you wanna do you wanna touch on your your little piece that you did while we're while we're uh, segueing to a different topic? Sure, we can. We can argue and debate about it if there's any issues you have with it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll introduce it. So basically, um, for those of you who don't know, even though I'm sure we've mentioned it a couple times, 
uh, probably more than one, or why am I saying more than once? Probably more than a couple times, but me and Joey write for a website called overtimeheroics.net. Um, we primarily like write with, we were primarily in the hockey department, but Joey branched out and wrote his first baseball article uh, yesterday, which basically talked about the top three predictions for the Blue Jays season in 2020. Whoa, three bold predictions. Oh, they're bold predictions. My bad. Yes. So yes, these are these are the bold predictions that are going to happen. So the first one, I'm not going to disagree with you, and that's Nate Pearson winning the AL Rookie of the Year. I think that's pretty much set in stone. Cause like, I mean, barring any injuries or anything, then yeah, it's going to happen. Well, like I'm trying to think of like other prospects that are going to make it. Well, like it depends. Year. Like who from last year is still considered a rookie. Like, did Tatis Jr. play enough before I getting argue, injured? But Tatis Jr. Argue, is in the National League. Well, so Tatis, Tatis made it, I think, the whole season. So I know he probably wouldn't classify as a or um, as a rookie. The um, one on the Cubs, what's his name? Jimenez? Oh, oh, Eloy Jimenez with the White Yeah, Yeah, Jimenez, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think he played a full season. Like, like Tatis only played 84 games, so he played half the season. Well, he's, he's, he's in the National League anyway, so it doesn't really matter. He can and win also, the National League. Well, like, looking at it on baseball reference, uh, he did exceed his rookie limits. Okay. I think that he has to play a certain amount of, of games in order to be... Uh, or bats or something. Yeah, so just to, to look at it right now... Uh, yeah, because, like, if I look at the rookie players, uh, I think it's only people that have played, like, less than 20 games. So, like, basically, like, except for people that have been called up in September call-up. you're call a September call-up, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think Nate Pearson is definitely the best pitcher going into whenever the hell this season starts. He is the best in terms of – well, there – well, because there's different like rankings. MLB.com ranked another pitcher one slot above Nate Pearson, whose name I don't remember, but I believe he's with the Is Indians it? organization. Oh, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know the name too. I was thinking you were thinking of uh, Jesus Lazardo, who's with the A's. Um, no, Pearson on because I I just looked at the MLB one just because like oh yeah, on the MLB like prospects from the MLB yeah. Because there's MLB prospect, there's um, oh, what are they called? The like the three name main ones. I um, I think Nick. Oh yeah, Wander Franco's one. Um, I'm gonna look. It's this is the sporting news that I'm looking on right now. Um, but they have uh, Mackenzie Gore, uh, who's with the Padres. Yeah, he's with the Padres. Um. Okay, look, I'll pull it up one more time. Starting, okay, here we go, starting pitchers. So he, this person, uh, wrote, so these are the, okay, this is literally, oh, it's a video? I don't want to watch it. Oh, I don't even know what it is. Well, the list, well, the list I looked at was the MLB, like, official, like, you know, I'll go to it. Oh, okay. Hold on. I, I got it. I think I got it here. It's the you top it 100. Top 100, right? Yeah, MLB top 100, yeah. Yeah, team by team. Okay, hold on. So... Well, I know Pearson was eighth of the of the 100 yeah, and the second he was, he best was eighth pitcher. out of the 100. 
Uh, I'm just going to go to Cleveland because I know... Yeah, you said... Actually, no, I don't know. Are you sure it was Cleveland? I think you were thinking okay, maybe, of something else. Okay, whatever. There's someone in the slot above him at seven. Maybe I just got oh, the team wrong. Um, he is uh, a reliever, Casey Mize, with the Detroit yeah, Tigers. Okay, is it the Tigers? Okay, I don't know why. Well, whatever. The Since Tigers really don't Joe have Hewitt. a lot of, like... They don't really have, like, amazing prospects. Like, looking around... Yeah, they're, they're in a weird spot. Yeah, I think what really makes me feel a little better about, like, the Jays struggling is that they have a rich, like, farm system. Like, they have really good players. Like, not as good as Tampa. Like, Tampa's got, like, insane depth. Because, like, Wander Franco looks like he's going to be amazing. And what's funny is that he's not even fitting into that team right now. Uh, Brendan McKay, who's a pitcher that can also hit, is unreal. Like, there's just so many prospects to look at. It's fun to see, like, people giving more attention to prospects now than they were, say, like, four or five years ago, especially in Canada, because, like, I can guarantee you no one really, you know, gave a shit about any of the prospects until, like... Well, yeah, I actually had no idea. I had no idea for, like, the longest time that, like... You remember Travis Snyder? He was apparently, like, a top ten prospect. Yeah, I remember him because I remember he was one of the, um, you know, looking at his stats, like he was really, really good, and then he he went pro. Like he was he was okay, but like wasn't didn't bad, but like he hasn't up. played since uh, his last game was if I can find it because he's only thirty two. He could come back. Well, I know. Vernon Wells was also a top prospect that the Blue Jays had, and I think he's definitely panned out. The Jays also had Jose Cruz at one point, who was a top prospect for the Mariners, and he was he was okay. I wouldn't call him like a game changer, but he he was pretty good. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really like forgetting how important the MLB draft is. Because, like, he they're just really... doesn't get the attention that, like, every other draft gets because they do it in, like, the middle of the day. They do it in the middle of the season. On, like, a Wednesday. Games on a Wednesday in the middle of the season. Yeah. I don't. It's just, so... it's always been so weird. And, like, you never hear, like, like other than someone, like, Unreal. Like, the only, like, number one pick I remember people, like, making such a big deal about was Steven Strasburg. Right. And right for so, because he was... Well, I mean, look at 2010's draft. Like, 2010 was the year that that Bryce Harper got picked first overall. Like, no one really talks about that. Like, okay, let me read you. um, Okay, I'll I'll read you some of the players that came out of the the 2010 uh, first round. So, when Bryce Harper, Jamison Tyone, Manny Machado, Christian Colon, who I don't even think really did anything in Major League Baseball, Drew Pomeranz. Drew Pomeranz. He had a one really good year. Oh, it gets better. Uh, Barrett Lau. I think it's his name. L-O-U-X. Don't know how to pronounce it. Matt Harvey. Matt Matt Harvey, someone that really fell off. There's one name late in the first round that you're going to, like, kick your teeth. Like, you're going to friggin' lose your mind over. Um, So after him, 
was Delino DeShields Jr., who... He's not bad. He's a, he's a good defensive outfielder, but his bat's nothing special. Then no, but like he's Karsh, got speed when he does make it on base. Yeah, that's true. If he had a better bat, I would say he's a better player. Yeah. Oh, no, he was drafted as... Yeah, he was drafted as a second baseman. That's interesting. Um, then it was Karsten Whit- Whitson with the Padres pick. Didn't end up in anything. Michael Choice. I would love it if they literally like went up to the podium and said, it's our selection that we choose Michael Choice. Because that would just be an amazing <laughs> well, word. Well, there is no podium in the MLB draft. They just like, it's like they just call no, in their picks. No, there is. I thought is there? Was. I don't know. Um, See, it sh- shows you how much, how well they so, market it. Um, this will make you cry because uh, then there's the Blue Jays pick, which is Deck McGuire, who I think pitched for us for, like a cup of coffee and then left. Um, the pick after us was the Reds selecting Yasmani Grandal. Oh, nice. So we could have had Yasmani Grandal. And to make matters even worse, the White Sox drafted Chris Sale with the next pick. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to go ahead and skip to it's the number 23, the Florida Marlins drafting Christian Yelich. Oh, I remember reading an article that somebody wrote once saying how the Blue Jays could have had Christian Yelich. I think it was yeah. after his like after his MVP season. I mean, the Blue Jays did also get Aaron Sanchez and Noah Syndergaard with the supplemental first-round picks, which, if you were to go back four or five years ago, I would have been okay with that. But no, we we ended up ruining both. Well, okay, a blister. Oh, we traded Syndergaard for Ari Dickey and Josh Tolley. Yep, because they were a pack. And then, okay, let's let's flip to, to 2011 draft. I want I want to keep this going because this, this is pretty interesting. I always, whenever I was like bored in, in class, I would always do this. So 2011's draft had Garrett Cole going first overall, which is weird because I think he was initially drafted by the yeah he was drafted for the Yankees. I and think. he opted to go back to school. Yeah. One um, of those. Yeah, he was. It doesn't say. It doesn't say where he was drafted. Like it's, I know uh, it says he was represented. Yeah, he was represented by Scott Boris to the New York Yankees. Yeah, so basically saying they were want they wanted to sign him out of high school before he went to well, college. One thing about that I find funny about baseball is they never mention a player who's been drafted high up. They only met, talk about a draft is when a player who makes it to the MLB was drafted in like the twenty second round or, or whatever. Well, like, like I understand why because like there's yeah, yeah I get aspect. it too, but it's just funny because like in the NHL like or like literally any other sport like how many times do they introduce somebody and they just talk start talking about how like during the game how how oh he was like the first overall pick he was the fourth overall pick. They don't even bother in baseball. They're just like, oh, this guy was a 22nd overall pick or a 22nd round pick or whatever. Yeah, I think with with uh, with baseball, they kind of like are a little bit more like lackadaisical with that. Like hockey, they only do it when there's like someone in the late round picks that like come out of nowhere, like a Henrik Lundqvist or uh, Zetterberg or Zetterberg or Datsuk. Like those are like the anomalies. Like on one hand, I get it, but on the other hand, I really don't. Um, so 2011, looking at it right. Oh, remember when we did the uh, the favorite MLB rankings and you picked Bubba Starling? 
Oh yeah, just because his name just was. Just because Bob- he was an honorable mention. Okay, but he was just an, your, he was your Bob- initial pick, and then you swapped. But uh, the reason why I said that is because guess who went after him sixth overall? Who the did? Washington, the Washington Nationals selected Anthony Rendon sixth overall, and then to make that pick even worse. Eight was Francisco Lindor and nine was Javi Baez, which you could I you could give me both and I wouldn't care because they're both I don't know those those are that's a good question I want to throw at Cole one of these days um, because like they're both very similar players the only thing I can think of is like you know Lindor is obviously a switch hitter like that's the only difference really like, I don't know both, I think. I like I like Lindor better, but that's just my personal opinion. I like Baez in the field. Like whenever you like when they pick off a batter at second, like it's just really really good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we kind of sidetracked a little bit from uh, yeah. from Pearson, but I believe he was a first round pick. Uh, oh no, he was drafted eight. Yeah, he was drafted eighth overall in the twenty twenty. No, wait, no. What am I saying? Twenty eighteen. That's it. Yeah, he was drafted um, 28th overall in the uh, in the draft of 2017. I want to look at that draft real quick. That's, this is the last draft I'll look at, I promise. And then so, we'll move on to the – but get back on track to the article. Yes. Um, so looking at this right now, um, yeah, a lot of these names haven't really, like, made it necessarily like Mackenzie Gore he was a pitcher who's uh was drafted ahead of him so that's why him and Brendan McKay those are two players that I think are a little bit higher regard than uh than Pearson they picked yeah they picked Logan Warmout this year uh with the 22nd this is the first year um hmm. I'm just wondering oh, if anybody oh, you know has what? made it yet you know what this is what I think so the Jays got it. Oh, oh, this is an interesting point. So you know how in baseball when you qualify a free agent and they don't sign, you automatically get a, a first round pick as compensation. Yeah. So the pick that got the Blue Jays, Nate Pearson, was the pick that resulted in Edwin Encarnacion not signing with the Blue Jays. So that's an interesting little fact there, because you can argue mm. that we got our our future ace at the expense of one of the best players in franchise history. So mm, I don't know. That's one of the things that like, I'm looking at. But anyway, I'll 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 fly off of that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> considering considering Nate Pearson hits like 105 almost on the on the speedometer. Well, he's I, maxed out at 105. Four, but typically it's between 98 to 101 which is still like throwing heat oh it is yeah and like what's really funny is that you know if you get a guy like nate pearson who has like the velocity if you put him under a guy like a hinge ryu who's notorious for like having great stuff because ryu's got a great change up he's got a really nasty curveball you have that tutelage under him Okay, granted, it's going to be through an interpreter because, you know, Ryu can't really speak English. 
But you can. Well, he's to... also. I think he can like a little. Oh yeah, but but at least because you know, he's been be... he's been in the majors long enough. Yeah, that's true. I found out he just hit a home run last year in 2019. And it was the best home run. Oh shit! Pitchers. Yeah, Google be- uh home pitcher home runs of 2019. And I think he's like the last one on the list, and it's hilarious because he just like literally flips his bat and then he just runs. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like Pearson, Pearson's gonna be something. I think I wanted to say this, but on our on our nosebleed show, but I didn't want to piss off Luke. I think he's gonna be better than Luis Severino is, because Luis Severino could throw hard, and he was arguably their ace. And I would argue that Luis Severino is the Yankees' best pitcher, not Garrett Cole, um, just because reasons. But like. Well, we were talking about this in like our like in the OTH baseball chat. Like Garrett Cole is like a good pitcher, but like what he had like he was like a decent like like he was good in in Pittsburgh, but like nothing special. And then he had just like one like very good year last year, and you know, it's like he got a he got a big pay raise for one one great year. Well, Okay, the the reason why I I see why they paid him is because like he had well, two it's a bidding years. war in free agency. Yeah, and like he's so had he's like... had really good years, like you said. Like he had get in his second or no, yeah, in his, in twenty fifteen he went nineteen and eight, which I know win loss records don't really mean that much in baseball, but like he went from having like the, that record, then he had two off years, then he got sent to to Houston where he just turned it on but also you got to keep in mind like you know I don't like okay his career strikeouts are almost like 1400 but that's because like ever since he left Pittsburgh he's been that way he's been a strikeout pitcher and you know okay he's hit he hit 200 strikeouts Houston's a big ballpark too like, his strikeouts are weird for me because, like, he had 100 in his rookie year, then 138, then he went up to 202, then he went down to just 98, but he played – I think he only, yeah, he only started in 25 – in 21 games, sorry. Um, struck up 98. Then here are these, these increases. 196 in his last year with the Pirates, then 276 in his first year in Houston. And then last year, 326. Like, Makes me wonder if the if the pitchers in Houston are up to something, too. I think, to me, this is... If he struggled... And, like, here's the thing. Yankee players hate... Like, I, I go back and forth in my head about who's worse between Yankee, Yankee fans and Leaf fans. It doesn't take that long for them to turn on you. Like, remember when, like, Giancarlo Stanton first went there and like the fans were literally booing him because he kept striking out like so much well yeah it's, that's Giancarlo Stanton for you yeah but <laughs> going to the offseason that year and they were like man we got Stanton like this was this was friggin awesome and then like literally it took them end of April and they're like trade this guy we don't want him like he's he's garbage mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that to happen to Garrett Cole Garrett Cole, especially especially going from a ballpark like Houston to a ballpark like Yankee Stadium, where 
if like there's a breeze going in one direction, it should just be like a home run derby. Yeah. In and, Yankee and also, Stadium. And also keep in mind, I know this is probably, you know, nothing necessary. I don't want to say that this is an advantage, but you look at the AL West. You got the Seattle Mariners, who everybody knows by now that the Seattle Mariners are the worst friggin' team in Major League Baseball. I'm sorry, they just are. They're also projected to be the worst, okay, second worst team. Um, you got the Rangers, who are okay, but they don't really have a superstar. You got the A's, who to me are honestly the only team that can give them competition. And then you have the Angels, who like, okay, now you have Anthony Rendon to help out with that, but it was mainly Mike Trout. And Mike Trout has had injuries over the last few years. Like, who are you facing in the in the lineup that's a credible hitter? To me, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. And then you come to the AL East, and you got the Boston Red Sox. Okay, sure, Mookie Betts is gone. Okay, here's Xander Bogarts. Here's Rafael Devers, who just had a career year. Who here's JD Martinez, who kills baseballs for a living. Like, and then you know you look at Tampa. Like they're a bunch of like, I call them like the misfit bunch. Because they're like a bunch of guys that are like not superstars. They're, they're modern day um, Moneyball? Like Moneyball era, like A. Yeah, I would say so. Because like they're not super duper expensive. Like they're they, pretty good. Yeah. And then not to like toot our, our Homer horn, but then you have the Jays who last year they hit the Yankees pretty well without friggin' uh, Garrett Cole, you know, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, Vladdy can hit. Bo Bichette proved that he could hit. You get those two at full strength, plus Biggio. And then, like, you know, look at everyone. Okay, say Teoscar Hernandez kills left-handed pitching, which he does, you know, when he's hitting well. And then you have Lourdes Gurriel. Lourdes Gurriel, just to... Just to take this, just like talk about him for a little bit. He's like such a, I think he's like a wild card for this Blue Jays team, man. Because like, he can be such an electrifying player. Yeah, it's weird because like, I thought he was like a shoe in for like the, if you were to do like a Mount Rushmore, it would be like, you know, Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero, and then it would be him. But then I heard reports like, oh, they might move him. And I'm just like, I, unless that's a good name coming back, I would not. Mm-hmm. But, and, like, he's versatile, too. He can play the outfield. He can... And the infield, too. He can go in at... Yeah, he can go in in the middle infield if you if you, if you you need him to for, like, Biggio or Bichette go down, God forbid. Or they have, like... Yeah. they have, like, off days or whatever. Because he's just, like, so, such a valuable piece. And I feel like he's so underrated. Yeah, exactly. He can and hit, also, too. Yeah, he can hit. Even though he struggled last year, like second, like not even second half, he came up and he he turned it on. Like yeah. people forget that even though the Jays struggled, which we'll get to, that kind of relates to your number three point. But they still hung in most games, and they could beat any team in the AL East. The only thing that sucks is that they have to go to Tropicana Field again. And that stadium sucks for them. But even then, like, 
you play the Orioles. Like to be completely honest with you, I don't see a team right now in the AL, and I know I'm probably going to regret saying this. No team in the AL really like scares me. And I know that that's a very bold statement, but I mean to stay with Joey's point, these are these are bold predictions. So I got to mm-hmm. back them up with bold statements. Like right now, team- like a team that I find really scary is is the Twins. But even then, like I, it would not surprise me to see like the White Sox win that division either. Well, like the thing that I I real I realize right now is okay. The AL West, if some teams can get their shit together, it can be a four-team race. Because you got the Rangers, who are better. You got the Angels, who are better offensively. You have the A's, who are always like the the bridesmaid to Houston. And then you have Houston, who's like, you know, we should be here, but we kind of have a bad rep. And then you have no the AL. for Seattle. <laughs> I'm never going to give them love until they figure it out, which will be like God knows how long. And then you have like the AL Central, which like, okay, you it's a three-team race because the White Sox are better and they're still younger. Cleveland can still go. And this is going to be their last year with, with Lindor and potentially Jose Ramirez too, if we're going to go throw a hot fire on this. And then you have the Twins who are like going to kill every baseball in sight. Like, that's at least competition. And then in the AL East, I would argue it's a four-team race. Not not for the, the pennant, but for the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk more about. about that in my in my last point that I made. In yeah, the, well, we'll come back to this. So the second point, so. the second point that he, that Joey goes on and says, which I absolutely cannot agree more with, is Bo Bichette will solidify himself as one of the game's best shortstops. Which, yeah. I, I think so, and I think with with Bichette right now, first of all, he's so lovable. Just because if you look at his his videos of him streaming MLB the Show, <laughs> he's just awesome. Also, he's got that that flow, which is just come on, like hockey players would just love him. He's which got a funny. nice head of lettuce, as as those hockey guys would say. Which is funny because his dad's bald now. So it's like night yeah. and day almost. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But that also like, I think also what you need to look at is, you know, with this in mind, there's so much to look at with him. And also like, he's only like, what, 21, 22? He is 22. He just turned 22 in March. Oh, shit. He had a really rough birthday then. Um but yeah, it was the like beginning I, of March, so I think he was able right. to celebrate. <laughs> so um, one thing that I want – oh, um, there is a little bit of an error that I will point out in your, in your thing that you wrote. You wrote that he's going to oh, blossom no. into an elite third baseman. Did I say that? Oh, no. I did say that. But to, that. to defend that, he could play third as well. Oh, no. Because, because of, <laughs> I did not notice that. But oh, like also after, and then also like I think like like the third base depth is pretty low, lackluster too. So I mean, if you really wanted down the line, if you get some more outfield depth, you could go, you know, Bichette at third, Gurriel at short, 
uh, Vladdy at first and then Biggio at second, I'd be for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel bad that no one gives Rowdy Telez love because, I mean, kid's got power. He got power, but, like, he's hot and cold. Hopefully he comes out and be the first baseman man because he was good. Oh, I, I really like him, like, especially, like, when he was a September call-up two oh, yeah, seasons ago double, and he, he just went on that run. Yeah, exactly. Then he breaks some record for, like, most doubles in, like, someone's first, like, five career games or some shit like that. I think so. I think Pichette, I think Pichette killed that record, but I digress on that. Um, so then I guess we'll go to your third point now, which is not a bad point, but what I will say is we don't know if, ga- if games in September are going to be postseason, like, related to yet. Well, whatever. People reading it know what I mean by that. Right. <laughs> but basically... The Jays will play meaningful baseball in September, which I agree, but I want you to go into depth as to why. Defend your points. I'm tired of defending your points. Well, Well, like like what you said last year, like they were a young team and yeah, they had close to 100 losses, but they were in every single game. Like, I don't think they ever, like they never really like got killed. Like in any real in any game really, and like like the bats showed up. It was just a matter of pitching, and I feel like they really well the starting pitching pitching at least like really improved this year. Obviously, like you got Hinjin for you, and like you have Nate Pearson who should be coming up. You have Matt Shoemaker who had a very 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 good start to the season last year before he tore his ACL, and Tanner Ro- Tanner Roark like kind of in the back end there who was was a really underrated piece. So, like, yeah, the pitching is a lot better, and all the younger players we got, too, are just, like, a year older now and know what it's like to to hit Major League pitching. So it's like they can use that to their advantage and improve on on the good seasons that they all had last season. And, like, not to mention, too, like, you're going to have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez, again, too, who will also contribute. who are still pretty young guys, too, and can contribute to the offense. And, yeah, I also really like the additions of Joe Panic and Travis Shaw as well to help that offense and will give a veteran presence to the young players, you know, sort of guide them into the into the right direction. Yeah, I think also, like, with the moves that the team made, I'm not like, like, like you're, I think what you're saying, like, you know, they are near the end of a rebuild. But they're kind of reminding me of, I know this is two completely different sports, but they kind of remind me of like the 2017 Leafs a bit because they're young. Yeah. They get that same impression. Yeah. No, no pressure on them. Exactly. That's what I it's think. Just, it's just go out there and have fun and see what the hell happens. That's what I think like pandemic aside, that's when people will really kind of like enjoy it. It just sucks that like, when this season eventually does go on, because let's face it, you know, the commissioners aren't going to want to just flat out cancel the season. I mean, okay. Adam Silver, I think would be a little bit more close to doing that just because he's such a, you know, a very good leader in that opinion. But like, try telling me that like Rob Manfred's going to cancel the MLB season flat up. Like he won't. 
No, it's not gonna happen. So when this season eventually starts, which at this point could be could be June, could be July, we don't know. But when it does start, under what I would assume condensed games, because let's face it, it has to be condensed. And double headers. Yeah, condensed games, maybe double headers, and maybe neutral sites for games to be played, just because of how, like with New York, you know, New York and New Jersey, those are two really big hotspots, and like Massachusetts is a big hotspot. So, like, if you want to accelerate the process and the numbers aren't slowing down in terms of this whole disease that shall not be named, because I don't want to necessarily talk about it too much but another thing that you need to realize is that i don't think if they want to accelerate it there's going to be no games played in fenway like even with players or yankee stadium but if you like kind of take their time which is i think is what they're doing we will see it but like it's going to be weird like Especially for us, because like this whole entire season, like I was pumped for this season. Like this is the most excited I've been for baseball since like probably 2017. 20, no, 2017. Really? The reason why I was saying yeah. 2017 is because that was coming off of the their second ALCS appearance, which they got spanked by Cleveland. But after that, that was when like okay, like. I was a little hesitant, but, like, the team's still mostly the same. They got Kendrick Morales, which I was, like, sure. They brought Bautista back, and I was, like, okay, I'm for this. I don't know. I had had a different – I guess I had a different thought process going into 2017 than you did. I didn't expect, like, World Series, but I expected, like, wild card at least. See, I was more under the impression of, like, oh, they're done. (laughs) Like, uh, well, that, yeah, that they was, still that be was, competitive, but. That was me in 2018 after the uh, the Osuna arrest happened. I was just like, oh, no, that's not, that's not opportune. No, thank you. Hmm. Which I think, which I still stand by that that arrest was the beginning of the end for the Astros organization once they traded for him. And like, yeah. one thing I'll also say to your your point um like they do have really good young pitching pieces um jordan romano i think is someone who could really come up and be good but like looking He's, at their bullpen he'll be in the bullpen though well the bullpen well, him and anthony k like anthony k can like go for that five spot but he'd also be like a good bullpen piece too like depending on like, cause, like yeah, there's now, a few people fighting for that for that fifth spot yeah, I think what really it comes to is, well, like, I think right now it's kind of maybe more going to be Barucki because I think I read something and they said that he's he's feeling better, which I think the the one thing that I will say this this virus is good is that people are going to be at full strength whenever the hell this thing starts. But yeah, like you can finally see Barucki play like actual yeah. games. And I think, like, with the bullpen in particular, like, okay, like, I'm looking at names right now, and, like, okay, Pannone is probably going to be your lefty. 
You could maybe have Anthony Kay challenge for that second left-handed spot. Maybe have two lefties in the bullpen. Uh, um, I, I don't hate that. I like having more than one lefty in the bullpen yeah. because I remember, like, 2015, it was, I think, it was, yeah, it was Loop and Cecil were our two lefties. And, like, at June, I wanted both of them gone. Like, my dad hated Aaron Loop with a passion. But then Brett Cecil's like, oh, by the way, I'm good now. Even though, yeah. like, every every start to the season, he was, like, that. he was hot garbage. But then, like, once June hit, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to start trying now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was a weird anomaly. Well, like, and then there's also, like, going back to, like, the Blue Jays bullpen. Like, you also have, like, like Sean Yamaguchi, who's, like, you really don't know what you have in him like he's coming to a new league and stuff but like, like he had a bit of in spring training he, he did get rocked in spring training but it's like, it's but like then you yeah. still like really don't know what you have in him right and also now looking back at it like the struggles and now he's still like adjusting to like north american soil because he was and so used for, to playing in in uh in Japan. In, Japan or, yeah, it was Japan. And apparently so, they use like and they use like different size balls there too. So like oh, as yeah. a pitcher, that's another adjustment you gotta make. Dude, Japanese baseball is unreal. Like my friend, one of my friends went to Japan, I think it was twenty seventeen. The crowds uh, there are like soccer crowds. They have yeah. like drums up and that's like, and, like chanting uh. the whole game. Yeah, I was so upset. A few years ago I went to Cuba. And it was like the playoffs in their baseball league, and there was like through like our hotel or like resort that we were at, it was like you get a tour guide and they'll take you to like a baseball game. So like, yeah, what well, I like, what I want to and then the two like things. yeah, so like anyways, we like we almost like we're gonna go to it, like we're gonna like like organize it, like the morning just to make sure like the weather was gonna be good and everything. And then it was pouring that night, and I didn't <laughs> end up going. But, it, like, like they're showing the games on TV there, and, like, it looked intense. It looked like a great atmosphere to watch a baseball game. The three things that I want to do if I ever go to Japan in the future is, number one, ride the subway, because the subway is, like, ten times cleaner than here and New York put together. And there's um, more people there. <laughs> yeah, and there's more people, and it's shorter, which benefits me mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a fairly petite person. Um... Two would be um, probably just, like, go and see, like, all of the, the cool things there, like the Pokemon Center uh, in Japan, kind of, like, just tour everything. Uh, and then the the number one thing I'd want to do is go to a baseball game there because it, it is it's, – it's a wild thing. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're rowdy, and it'll be, like, just a regular, like, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Like, the game could be nothing. But – one thing I've learned about Japanese culture is, like, if it's a strikeout, they'll be respectful. They'll, like, clap. Like, they won't, like, cheer or anything. Like, they'll just, like, kind of, like, give, like, the the golfer's clap. Kind of, like, just, like, the respect. But then, yeah, like, their the culture there is very – is all based around, like, respect and stuff, which is kind of cool. If I were like, – yeah. yeah, like, I saw this one thing, like, like you, met, you know, that Zach Hampel guy who, like, just catches baseballs for a living at games, basically – yeah yeah he made a video he went to go see the mlb games in japan i think it was last year and if you catch a home run ball there then you have to put it back on the field 
and it's just part of the culture there. Like nobody like questions it or anything, or like gets upset about it. It's just something that you have to do because like in their culture that that ball wasn't wasn't like given to you. So you have to give it back kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, like you can only Yeah, it's like you can only keep like the baseball if like a player like actually like hands it to you. It makes me wonder like what would happen if say a player were to reach over and take a ball like if it's in foul play or if like for example like a ball is is rolling to you in the outfield like you're on the outskirts of the outfield at least like here and then the fan will just go in and grab the ball oh that pisses you know. me off so much when i'm watching a game and like a crowd and like a fan interferes with it i think it i think that happened once and like the guy was like so happy he's like <laughs> i got the ball and then bautista just like, everyone... hat off and he's just like and bautista's just like what the fuck you doing man Literally, I, I guarantee you, he probably said that too. Mhm. Cause like but Bautista yeah. had an arm, and he probably had a shot. I remember that play. Dude, he probably had a shot it. of just like. On a side like note, throwing like, him out at second. Looking back, um, cause on the last show that we did on Thursday after we we left, uh, I watched the watch party that they oh, did yeah, so did I. during Game Five. Yeah, yeah. Honest to God, like, if the dude didn't have, like, shoulder problems and, like, he missed a lot of time in 2016 and, like, you know, he had, like, a bunch of other, like, stuff that made him decline, the dude could have still been keeping the form. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm sure his, his attitude probably, like, maybe get got him a little bit more. Well, I don't know how many bridges he burned because apparently a lot of teams didn't like him. But like, and then like, like that's the reason why like he wouldn't sign. But like, I find it hard to believe that like someone like that like isn't signed. Like, I'm not saying like he can still start every day. But like, imagine having like a bat like that that you can just have come come off the bench in like a playoff. Honestly, like looking at teams that could have needed him, and I mean, okay, let's let's face it, the Seattle Mariners need everybody that they need. I'm kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep racking on them. But he could have gone a lot of places. Like, okay, obviously, like you mentioned before, he burned the bridge in Baltimore. He's not going to Baltimore. He's not going to New York because he won't shave that friggin' beard like every day. He's not going to Texas. Oh hell no, he's not going to Texas. <laughs> if I were to pick, like, there was a rumor that he was gonna go to the Nationals in 2016. I think for like Jason Worth, but he vetoed that deal. Because he's like, LOL, no, I'm better than Jason Worth. Which at one point, yeah, I would argue that. Um, okay, he, he played for three. Now looking at it right now on the on the rankings, he played for three teams in the NL East in the span of a year. He started oh, with yeah. the Braves, went to the Mets, and then he ended with the Phillies. And he had like a cup of coffee in each. Oh, yeah, for sure. Looking at it right now. I feel like he should. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. Hot take. Go back to Pittsburgh. Go back to the team that gave up on you. Because think about it. Who would you rather have in your outfield, Jose Bautista or Gregory Polanco? I would have Greg. I would have Jose Bautista in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, sorry. Or or. Or I'll do you one better. Who would you rather have, Jared Dyson or Jose Bautista? Bautista. Exactly. Okay, Dyson Ryan, just runs. 
That's yeah, Dyson, Dyson's a defensive outfielder. He's not much of a bat. Mm-hmm. Polanco is very hit and miss and is also, based on what Cole has told me, a horrible person. So I'm going to I'm gonna trust his judgment because he, he, he knows his, his stuff. But like yeah, go back or yeah, go back to friggin' go to Pittsburgh. Like they're tanking. Aside from like Josh Bell, they don't really have any superstars. Why not? You'll get more at bats because you'll be pinch hitting for the pitcher spot. Honest to God, he could probably audition for that bullpen. Why not? Dude, what if he closes for them? Because I mean, like they they already lost their friggin' closer because he was like uh, in possession of child pornography. Oh like, yeah, why, I forgot about that. Yeah, like why not? I'm gonna throw this question before we start during the draft on, uh, or maybe I'll do it. I'll do it maybe next week because I don't wanna, I don't wanna ruin anything. Um, but yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. I mean, I follow him on Twitter. I should I should ask him. I should DM him and be like, sir, what about the Pirates? He probably won't respond. But I'm going to be optimistic. <laughs> very, very optimistic. Um, but yeah, that's basically all there is about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we segued a long time from Joey's article. Um, but it pretty much just covers everything. Um, do you want me to go on? Uh, I'll go on. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the 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 Jeff Blair little like questionnaire thing, which is I'm wondering. Um, so for those of you who are outside of well Toronto, basically, uh, Jeff Blair is on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And he posed the question during his show, um, you know, saying that could baseball have fans in their, like, in the stadiums? And, you know, basically saying, like, you know, is it possible? And he argued saying, of course it's possible, but you have to think of the consequences. Do you think, and I'm going to go ahead and just pose this question. I know, like, this is a very loaded question, but how do you think that at least for, like, if people want to go to, like, a sporting event, a concert, or whatever public gathering, and they purchase a ticket, do you think that they have, that there should be a disclaimer on the ticket uh, of assuming the risk of going, saying, for example, you're assuming the risk of any form of harm from like, you know, things flying into the stands, stuff like that. Like, I know this is obviously different circumstances, but like, I'm just wondering, like, do you do you go ahead with that? Um, I go ahead with, um, like, like, sorry, what was that? Put it going. Like, you know how, like, when you purchase, um, like, a ticket online, and then if yeah. you read the fine print, there's, like, the disclaimer, like, you know, should X, Y, and Z happen, you know, over the course of your, 
you know, experience. We are not liable if this accident occurs. Would a disclaimer be valid for this virus if you want to have fans back in the stadiums for the summer to, you know, fall slash winter months? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that they are going to do that anyways with, um, just to like cover their asses, all like the ticket sales and all that, just because, you know, nobody wants that like negative publicity on them. But honestly, I think that they're going to, like, um, if, if, if one fans do come back, they're just maybe make it like half capacity so like every other seat would get sold kind of thing. Yeah, I like, think what they're depends, gonna do. Like, yeah, what they're gonna do, they might do like spare seating, like say like uh, one person every three or four seats per row. Um, I'm wondering like for example, like I think the the biggest issue I think for me like as a fan, if I were to like purchase a ticket and go to this scenario in my personal opinion my biggest grievance is like if somebody gets up to walk past me in the in the rows like if somebody needs to like go and get like get a a drink at the concession stand or like get popcorn or whatever and like they have to like go by you like i'm yeah. wondering like how they're gonna address that if they do allow fans which like I understand, you know, you know, people have the free will to do whatever they want. You can't claim liability if they, you know, state and have it in litigation that they're not liable for this. But like, do you really want to risk that in the public eye in this, you know, time frame? Like, yeah, that's like, like my only question. Like. Uh- I don't know about you, but I don't know how often I'll be going out to, like, events like that after this is all over for the next little while. Yeah, I think, like, like, once the, once, like, the the whole entire, like, economy starts to reopen up, like, I'm not going to go to, okay, what's going to suck is when it comes to, like, playoff time. Like, I'd want to go downtown to, like, Jurassic Park or, like, you know. Oh, I don't think that's coming back. But, yeah, those are those are At least 2020. One, yeah. Oh yeah, th- those are definitely gone, and I think also with um, I mean, you could all yeah, most likely unless like, you know, well yeah, the playoffs would end before September, which is what they're saying. Hopefully, a vaccine will be developed by the fall, but I mean, who knows at this point? Um, but yeah, I think even if people are allowed to buy tickets. I don't know if you're going to go and allow it just because of like, yeah, like you said, the negative publicity, like one CNN like alert about it and like everyone's going to be like literally just like throwing daggers at like not just baseball, if like hockey does it too. And, and like, I wonder with hockey as well, like that climate in a hockey like arena it's probably like the worst for this virus, right? Because it's like it's a very cool environment. It's like not too warm and not too cold. It's like the weather outside minus like, you know, snow and stuff. Like, I don't know. 
you tell me. I know it's like very confusing to to discuss, but like, yeah. just, I don't I don't know how they're gonna uh, do yeah, it. And it's, I think I think to be honest, weird. they, they don't weird, know. It's a weird situation. Nobody knows, and that's the weird thing. Like, you can argue, okay, we'll just get every athlete tested, but no fans. Are we gonna do some fans, but not all? Like, there's gonna be there's gonna be no concrete plan. There's gonna be changes. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred and ten percent. Or oh, sure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's an interesting uh, topic in that sense. Um. Mm-hmm. So going off of that, um, I don't know. Is there any other like? Oh, oh, do we want to roast Georgia? We can end off the yeah. show with that. Awesome. That sounds great. So, uh, last week, talking about the state of Florida deeming promotions such as wrestling and other contact sports as essential services, they followed that up by opening up beaches in Florida, <laughs> which led to their highest ranked number of cases of the coronavirus. Oh, sorry, I said the word. Um, but anyway, uh, number of cases in one day, which is basically fueled by many stupidity and makes us wonder why we always joke in Florida. But Georgia said, hold our hold our beers because we got things covered. So considering in Georgia, apparently things are are better. Or I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull them up right now because I'm not entirely sure about that. Because I, I don't know how number, you know, how truthful the numbers are. But Georgia, Georgia governor, who I don't know who it is. We're just going to call him the Georgia governor because he's irrelevant. Came out today and deemed services such as tattoo artists bowling alleys to be deemed essential so no they're not he hasn't deemed them essential he's 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 reopening reopening them okay but regardless i'm gonna pose the question to you just out of curiosity do you after this whole entire virus do you want to go out and get a tattoo where the needle, even though they sterilize it or whatever, and you're being touched over and over again, do you want to go and take that risk? Like, I understand that tattoo artists are, like, independent, uh, like, basically freelance contractors, but, like, come on. And I, would, other thing, I wouldn't go anywhere near any of those places right now. Yeah, like, bowling alley. Like, what are you going to go? Who are you going to go bowling with? Mm-hmm. There's a thing called social distancing. Like, come on. Like, yeah, I don't no, know. It's, uh... Like, it's it, it's it's making me wonder, like, what the hell's gonna happen next? Like, well, like, the thing, 
thing, another yeah. thing too, is like they're saying on they're saying on Fridays when like the bowling alleys and all and all like those places are gonna open up, like like they said nail salons, hair studios, and like places you can get like piercings and like tattoos I would not, and all that. Oh my! I would not yeah. just piercings or friggin' uh, yeah, like any any form of cosmetic at this point. Yeah, uh, and gyms as well, which is like probably the worst thing that you can allow gyms, to open gyms first you can. up. Yeah, like. But anyways, those are opening up on Friday in Georgia, and then they said by Monday they'll have like movie theaters open and stuff. And it's like, it's like the, Georgia's the plan still that getting... the U.S. Yeah, like to my knowledge, the plan that the U.S. put into like the guidelines that the U- federal government and the U.S. put into place was don't start like opening up the economy until there's like 14 days of like decreased cases in a row. And Georgia hasn't had that yet. <laughs> like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they might still be on the rise there. Oh, they are. Well, I don't know about specifics because, like, with the way that it is with the worldometer, I can't look uh, at specific, like, uh, numbers. I can look at the whole entire, like, U.S., but I can't look at the individual state-by-state numbers. Um, like, okay, I will say, like, the daily new cases in, in the states are starting to kind of like level off but still like i would not rush the economy coming back in this scenario Mm -hmm. like it's it's literally like my friend said it best like he if you do this you are not only screwing this up for your whole friggin you know country but you're also world yeah basically like, the biggest nation can't do it. Like, come on. But, like, I literally, the best uh, tweet that I saw was, if some idiot is going to go to a beach and make me wait even longer to see Gronk and Brady reunite in Tampa Bay, I will literally go to their house and beat them up. Hmm. Or pay someone to beat them up because I don't want to contract such disease. Do you think uh, hitmen are essential services during these these trying times? I mean, that's a good question. Because, like, what if, like, you have Agent 47 from Hitman go to a beach in Florida and uh, intimidate people to the point of leaving? Like, I'd say that's essential. Oh, hell yeah. I would love to, like, have people, like, Okay, not in the form of, like, putting a hit on anybody, but it's basically, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Irishman yet, but it's like when they have, you know. No, I haven't. You just want to scare them. You just want to, you just want to give them a warning, you know, light a firecracker under his ass. That's what you got to do. And here in the good old Canada country, we're not, like scared but <coughs> excuse me we're not scared but like we're not like taking this like lightly i mean the majority of us are not taking this lightly i mean there's obviously like the occasional idiots that are being stupid like there was a guy in markham who like was being negligent with like a, a teen uh cashier and he like wished that he, like the kid got the virus and like he got charged under some way 
Which, I mean, like, looking at it right now, it's funny because, like, the dude was, like, being stupid about that. But, I mean, it's really, it's weird. People are dumb. Yeah. I think it goes without saying. I there I don't go a day without looking at social media and think, what what do these people think? Like, all the people protesting, like, in front of, like, their, their oh, like, state capitol buildings. Oh my god, we we don't even want to friggin' go and talk about that. It's like, okay, you enforce social distancing. Great. We're gonna do exactly the opposite. No, the best is they're protesting to, like, open everything up. Because, like, they think, like, it's not that big of a threat. And then they're, they're wearing face masks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do it, but not literally. We're taking precautions. Taking precautions because this is dangerous, but yes, open up everything. <laughs> We're dangerous and whatnot, but who cares? We're going to go ahead and exchange freedom of speech. Jeez, man. Like, I don't know. This, this is a strange little world we live in. Um, Makes me feel smart about myself. At, at least. Oh, yeah. I think, I think, to be completely honest, after seeing all the stupid things that's, like, happening down south and, like, even in, like, other municipalities, it makes me feel, like, comfortable because the people that I know, and especially, like, my friend group, even those that are, like, notorious for, like, going out and, like, you know, doing things that are, like, not necessarily the smartest, like, they're all at least, like, abiding by the, the standards and the procedures put in place, which, like, is good. And then you just yeah. have, like, People in the States that are just like, nah, screw this. Let's go. So I have one final question, I guess, we can talk about for a little bit. What's uh, the best COVID-19-related conspiracy theory that you've heard? Ooh. um, My favorite was someone tweeted saying that it's the Houston Astros' fault. They'll just cover it up and say it wasn't them. (laughs) <laughs> they got they got their feelings hurt because people were beating them in the video games. Yeah, that they're just like, nah, we're we're closing up shop, man. We're not we're not, we're not doing this. You do you. It it was it was a great one. As far as like a legitimate conspiracy theory, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Cause... I think it was probably like just like some person was like paid. So I contract it? I don't know. No, I haven't heard that one. I haven't heard, like, any, like, conspiracy theories with it. Well, the one I heard is because my, uh, one of my friends, uh, sorry, I just yawned. One of my friends, um, one of my friends, he, uh, unfortunately believes in one of these uh conspiracy theories so we were all video chatting a few nights ago and then he was gone for like 20 minutes was like i don't know where the hell he went and he comes back he's like he's like guys i got i i got something to tell you guys like it's really it's really important and this is you know that that friend you have you're like yeah okay buddy whatever okay what is it so like, oh, no. we're all like that he's like and he's like huh <laughs> So yeah, he's that guy. And then we just like um, 
So we're uh, he's so like we're just like laughing at him. Like, no guy, seriously, like like this serious shit. We're like, okay, what is it? Then he goes, so like, the coronavirus is like the biggest cover up that that the world is doing of 2020. And we just all start laughing at him. And he's like, guys, guys, seriously, believe me, like hear me out, hear me out. So we're like, okay, okay, whatever, let's hear him. He goes. So, like, you know all those, like, 5G towers that they're putting up? So, what sure. it is... So, what it is, it's, like, it's the 5G towers giving off, like, radiation. And they're just... It's making everybody sick. And that's what's putting it up. But they're just... The, the governments are just disguising it as, as this COVID-19 bullshit, which isn't real. So, yeah, that's why. But then he goes, and then, like, none of it matches up, because, and then he goes, and what they do is they actually give you, like, he was rambling on for a little more, and then he made the point where when you go get tested for coronavirus, what they actually do is they give you the virus. So, and then you go, so, and then you go into the, <laughs> you go into the hospital, and then when they give you medicine or whatever, they tell you they have a vaccine for it. It's not a vaccine at all. What it really is, is them planting a chip into you so they can so they can like track you and everything and then he just rambled on and on about it like that and saying how how the government wants everything like to be online and they're gonna and this somehow relates to them trying to eliminate cash and they don't care about how many people die and yeah it was it was it was funny to hear him ramble on about it for quite a while so what you're telling me is your friend is into narcotics because I mean that's possible. <laughs> the I feel like he'd literally just describe like the next Terminator movie plot. <laughs> like I'm just waiting for like the T800 to like come bursting into my room and like tell me that I have like a chip in my head that needs to be oh, like yeah. removed and destroyed. So it's all Skynet because he's not. It's scary because he unfortunately is not joking about this and he thinks that it's real and we we're laughing at him that whole night. And he goes, you guys laugh, you laugh, but but watch, you'll see, I'm right. No, <laughs> like just just no, like there's no way that that would be possible because like it's almost as bad as like uh, I don't know if you've ever watched South Park, but there was one uh, episode. This is when like the SARS outbreak was big. Uh, and they basically, like, were just saying that they were going to, like, lace the, like, the, some people were going to, like, lace the, the the blankets or, no, it was carpets with uh, a bunch of SARS by, like, rubbing. I, I won't go more into the detail. Just, if you YouTube South Park SARS, you'll understand what I'm saying. But, like, you know, everyone's, like, freaking out. And then my favorite is, like, uh, Randy Marsh. Who is Stan's dad? She's like Stanley. I can't do this anymore. I only have a 98% success survival rate. I can't go on any longer. So then, like <laughs> the whole episode is just like Stan and all the other kids are like trying to figure out a, a cure. And then they're just like, okay, here we figured out three things: Campbell's chicken noodle soup, Dayquil, and Sprite. And then in my head, like somebody, I think I commented on like the video from like a few weeks ago, and they're just like. Could someone tell the governments to, like, invest in all of these products? 
so that they can improve people's survival rates. And I'm just like, people are probably already doing that. Like, people are probably already, like, literally, like, downing a, you know, crap ton of Campbell's and taking well, Dayquil and Nyquil. I read somewhere that that the – some country in Africa, I don't remember exactly which one. Is it Congo? Yeah, and they said, oh, just drink cognac and you'll be fine. Drink cognac. Yeah. <laughs> so or like even the 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 Belarusian president or whatever dictator whatever he's actually called um said like oh just drink vodka and and smoke cigars so, or something. Okay, so something like, like let's, let's just let's just stereotype this even more. So for the Africans if you drink cognac you'll be fine. For the Russians if you drink vodka of any kind You'll be fine. The Belarusians. For the Italians, I think that's drink, what it was. For the Italians, if you drink any form of wine or any form of grappa, you'll be fine. Is that what you'll they said? Cured. And I, I mean, I'm I sure, hope, I'm sure I there's some. So. I'm sure there's, sure there's some so. someone in Italy somewhere probably said that. And that, no, or then, like, let's let's dive this even better. If you're in if you're in Cuba and you have the virus, if you just like smoke a few Cubans a day, you'll you'll be able rum. to survive it it'll make your lungs stronger you know like mm-hmm. like literally like people don't know like okay if you want to have cognac if you have virus have cognac i don't care but like don't expect it to like make you feel better mm-hmm. if anything it'll just put you to sleep faster and you won't have to worry about any lingering side effects <laughs> which is literally yeah. what a lot of people with fevers do they literally just sit at home and drink yeah i mean if anything's going to beat the virus, it's going to be alcohol. Huh. Well, I mean, they stopped production of that. What's funny is that in the States, they actually stopped the liquor stores from running. They literally shut down liquor stores, which is well, balls. Well, here, they're, the, they're, they're one of the few things still running. <laughs> what can you say? Ford can't live without his beer. No. Nope. Jimmy Ford cannot live without a brew. After a long day of one address to public. Goes home and has a six pack probably. Has a few, maybe not a six pack. Has a few, a few, a few uh, brewskis after I'm, that. Enjoy the night. Doing as much. You don't want to have too much because you gotta, you gotta talk to the media every day. Yeah. Um, but that, I feel like he's someone. I feel like he's someone though that can handle his, uh, his his alcohol. Well, he's a big guy, so probably. Mhm. Yeah. It's, Hearing these conspiracy theories is just like stupid. It's weird. Just just don't be any of those people who believe in those conspiracy theories. Just for the love of God, just do what you're asked and we'll be literally somewhat back to normal in a couple of weeks. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then that way we'll be back to I don't know, yelling about William Nylander's contract or something. Something that God, I miss, I miss, I miss those days. I miss TSN's. I miss TSN's top, uh, top conversation on on the radio being: Is William Nylander worth this six point nine million dollar pay? Oh, you do realize that once this whole entire thing is over, and the salary cap, the salary cap is going to stay the way that it is. And, the oh. league is gonna, and everyone's going to go out and say, man, 
How are the Leafs going to afford everybody now? So fast. Mm -hmm. First, like, tweet that comes out once, like, free agency hits. Will the Leafs be able to afford Alex Petrangelo? Which, I mean, (laughs) probably. Considering the Blues can't afford him now. If you look at what they did. Yeah, I know. Which is, I guess they just accepted the fact that he's just going to leave. Yeah, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. Unless unless they like figure out a way to like unload like a big contract, which I don't know. The only contract that would have to be like and... a combination of people. Like the first thing that comes to mind is like this, like Bozak. I was gonna say like Bozak, Alex Steen. Yeah, just all the former Leafs there, just gone. Carl Gutterson, get the hell out of here. Is he still there? Yep. Oh. I forgot he still played, to be honest. I think everyone did. Because, <laughs> you know, he's not really that well-known. No. But, uh, yeah, that's literally all that there is. So mm-hmm. we want to thank the NFL for actually giving us something to talk about. Yep. Thank you, Roger Goodell and the New England Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers organizations. I never thought I'd ever say thank you to the New England Patriots organization. This pandemic has got got you doing some crazy things. Indeed it has. And uh, hopefully the draft on Thursday does not have any glitches. If it does, I will laugh my ass off. Oh, that would be so funny. Can't wait for someone to be like, and uh, and we pick, and then they just freeze. They just do like the Sopranos ending, where like we select, and then they like start saying a name, and they're just like, but, and then they just fade to black. Yeah. That would be amazing. Please give us that moment. Oh, it's I the really only time. Let's face it, this is the only time that they're probably going to do the draft remotely. Make it good. But uh, yeah, let's hope that it's good. Mm-hmm. We'll be live streaming the draft hopefully we're gonna play around with it over the next few days yeah over on nosebleeds yeah so follow the twitter at nosebleed takes underscore and we'll probably post out some stuff about that i'm probably gonna play around with street with um, a way to record the stream um maybe we'll have it up on instagram youtube i don't know we'll see because we're all still very new with technology because we're all secretly old men. Oh, boomers. I'm secretly like 65. I'm living life. Um, but yeah, we're going to play around with stuff because we're going to try to, I mean, it's not like we don't have time, but, uh, you know, and that's basically all that I got. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. Just, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Just don't believe in conspiracy theories. Don't believe in conspiracy theories. Follow the rules and guidelines and, I don't know, try live streaming. It's fun. It's fun yeah. being raw and unscripted. All right. Anything you want to shout out before we start? Uh, I'll plug the Twitter like the good little company boy that I am. So, on that note because I'm a good little boy. If you follow at queen underscore city roundup, you can talk um, to you me. You got the ad wrong. 
What do you mean I got the at wrong? At Q underscore city. What did I say? Roundup. What you did I say? At I said queen under, you said at queen city. Okay, fine. All right. Whatever. At you just Q said it wrong. underscore city roundup. There. Is that better? Yes. Okay. So since Joey just proved that I'm wrong, um, I'm going to sit my water in disgust. Um, but yeah, you guys can follow us on there where this show will come up. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the heck you get your your fix for content. And uh, yeah, follow again. Nosebleed takes underscore. We'll be talking about football and maybe my quiz. I still have to finalize my quiz uh, questions. You gonna give uh, your your co-host any hints? No. Oh, okay. I can't be biased. I don't want the other two chopping my head off. You gotta, you um, gotta be impartial, man. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. What do you think I am? Major League Baseball? You think you can bribe me? I mean, I mean, in I'm real sure, life, I'm the sure. answer the re- answer is yes in real life. But come on, <laughs> gotta keep some integrity in there. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll still win anyways. All right. Well, you haven't won one yet, but that's because you hosted one and I won the other, so. That means you're due for a win. Uh, But anyway, I guess we'll wrap it up here. And, uh, yeah, we'll end it here. Thank you all for tuning in. See you all around and stuff. All right. Stay safe.